James chapter 1 this morning. James chapter 1. In keeping with that song and in keeping with uh, what we're talking about just now, I want to look at this passage that deals with the Word. You'll be familiar with it because it's the passage that says, Be ye hearers of the Word, uh, be ye doers of the Word, and not hearers only. That you're to be a doer and not a hearer. And I want to give you four steps to to hearing from God this morning. Four steps to hearing from God. Now, let me say, hearing from God is crucial to your life. It is crucial. It is absolute. You cannot live a successful life apart from hearing from God. You just can't. Now you say, hang on a minute, Pastor. I know some people that do pretty well and they don't, they don't even know God. Well, yeah, you'll find people do okay in life. But what you'll find if you scrape the surface is the people that are doing okay in life are actually obeying scriptural principle without understanding that it's scriptural principle. And you'll find in those areas they're doing okay. I mean, if you go and you look at the people that are, <clears throat> that are doing well financially, you'll find that they've got principles in place in their lives. Now, I don't mean that, you know, the people who are making a lot of money, that, that's not necessarily doing well with money, but the people who have real freedom, you'll find they're actually obeying scriptural principle. Uh, you'll find people that have a happy home and a happy family, you know, you know what you'll find? You'll find they're obeying scriptural principle. They may not understand that it's scriptural principle. Some of you will understand that from your homes. I was raised, and it wasn't a Christian home, um, but my dad had a lot of principle in his life. And later on, I come to find out, I don't know where he got them, but Many of the principles he had in his life were actually biblical principles. And they provided a stability in our home uh, that was really helpful. And, you know, whenever somebody obeys the principles of Scripture, uh, they're going to find that, that life works. That's just the way it is. You're a believer. You're a child of God, I assume, this morning. You have the Spirit of God dwelling within you to enable you to actually take and apply that word. Now, the thing about believers is that as you look at believers, everybody's not equal, or they don't seem to be equal. And it seems to be that some people get it good and other people get it bad. Now, I want to differentiate for you here. There's two things. There's trials that come into everybody's life. God is going to bring trials into your life. That's just the way it is. There are going to be trials in your life. But, you know, even with the trials in your life, there can be blessing. And some people seem to have blessing and other people don't. Some people seem to have <clears throat> things work out and other people don't. Uh, some people have lives that work and other people don't. Some people have uh, lives that grow and some people don't. You know, the amazing thing to me is that you can look at people and, and, and they can be saved for years. And they seem like they're no further on spiritually. And you can look at somebody that gets saved and they really get uh, moving and they're growing rapidly. You know, uh, you'll have some people uh, who have lives that are blessed and and some believers that don't. And you know what? The things that we normally assume would make somebody blessed or give them a good life or give them uh, a life that grows are not always so. But there is one key that's always involved. And it's the Word of God. It's you hearing from God on a regular basis. Now, obviously there's hearing from God and there's hearing from God, right? Most of you men in this room have had your wife say to you at some point, are you listening to me? And you felt offended because you were sitting there with your eyes on her perhaps, but somehow she sensed you weren't listening to her at all. We do the same with God, don't we? 
You know, there's hearing and there's hearing. And then there's hearing uh, in the sense that we're going to talk about it this morning. Hearing with a view to actually applying. There's hearing not just to hear, uh, but hearing with a view to applying. And, and, and that's where we need to go with this thing. There needs to be a hearing and a heeding of the Word of God. We're not going to look at it, but in Matthew chapter 7, the Lord Jesus Christ gives the, spar- gives the, the story uh, about the wise man and the fool. And the, the, the wise man that built his house upon the rock was the man that heard and did what Jesus said. And the fool heard but did not do. And you, you, you know what I see from that? You could come to church every Sunday morning and still be a fool. Because it's not about just hearing. It's about actually applying. It's about putting it into putting it to work in your life. Right? So <clears throat> James chapter 1. Let's have a word of prayer and then we'll, we'll, we'll read through our passage. James chapter 1. Father, would you bless us? Lord, <clears throat> we need your help, Lord. Lord, we look at your word, we hear your word, and in some senses, Lord, we become almost immune to it because we hear so much of it. And yet, Lord, the areas where we fail to apply it, Lord, snare us and cause us trouble. Oh, blessed Spirit of the living God, we do ask you now, Lord, that you would work in hearts and lives this morning, Lord. Open our hearts to see and to understand that we might apply and live the blessed lives that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, James chapter 1. And we are beginning at verse 21. James 1 and verse 21. In fact, we'll start at verse 19 because it's all one passage, but we covered the first two verses last week, right? Um, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. All right, so the first point we come upon here is uh, in verse 21. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, right? Now, here's what that's saying to you. It's saying deal with sin. Put away sin. Uh, Superfluity is the abundance of wickedness uh, in your life. You're you're to deal with sin in your life. Here's what happens. If you don't deal with sin in your life, you're spiritually deaf. You won't be able to hear from God. So if you come this morning and you've got sin in your life and, you know, and you're doing wrong and you know you're doing wrong, but you're not willing to let it go and you're not willing to deal with it, what happens is you come and you sit in church and you're going, yeah, man, when will this be over? I am hungry. Uh, I could do with my dinner. Uh, why is he going on and on and on? And, you know, and what happens is you don't even hear it. You see, what happens is because you have sin, you, ha- you have a barrier up to it. It's kind of like having wax in your ears. You know, you can't hear uh, somebody speaking, but you can't hear. Right? Did, did you ever speak to somebody who had earphones on? Very annoying, isn't it? More and more we're dealing with that in our society now, where, where people have, somebody has a set of earphones in when you're trying to speak to them, and you're speaking to them, and, and um, their head's going around because they're bopping around to the music they're listening to, but the, they're not actually hearing you at all. 
That's what happens when you've got sin in your life. You've got something blocking you from hearing what God has for you. <clears throat> um, somebody put it this way, too, that uh, it's kind of like this. Just, just imagine, gross thought, but imagine. Imagine you were cleaning the sewers, right? <clears throat> you've been invited out to dinner, and you've been doing this mucky job, and you've been cleaning the sewers, and I know nobody here ever has to do that job because you have servants that, that come and do it for you. Uh, probably all of us at some stage or other have had to deal with that, 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 that awful job, right? Uh, so you're, you're, you're there, and you're, you're cleaning your sewers, and you're working at it, and, you're, and, you, and you've got this invitation for dinner. Well, you don't just say, oh, good night, dinner's at half, in a half an hour, uh, and you drop your sewer rods, and you jump in your car, and you go to dinner. Uh, because in all likelihood, uh, if you're not turned away at the door, as soon as you sit down, you will be turned away, right? <clears throat> Nobody wants you in that condition. Uh, you need to get cleaned up. What you do is, you stop about four o'clock, and you have a shower, and you change your clothes, and um, you cleanse yourself before you go and sit down to dinner. When it comes to the Word of God, we need to deal with sin if we're going to be able to hear from Him. The Bible says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But you know what? I won't hear Him either. If I regard iniquity in my heart, there's going to be a wall between me and God. That means I can't hear from Him. Now, I need to hear from Him. I desperately need to hear from him. If, I, if I'm going to live a successful life in the day and age that we live in, I need to hear from God. And so what do I need to do? I need to deal with sin. Very simple, very straightforward, but I need to deal with sin. You see, church won't do it. The Bible won't change you if you don't deal with sin. And what happens is you'll have people that will come and sometimes they drift away again. And the reality is there's some sin there that they weren't willing to deal with and, and th th they got fed up. They weren't hearing from God. You need to hear from God. In order for you to make this Christian life work, you need to hear from God. God needs, and it's, it's not just, you know, you, you having your devotions where you're reading and reading and reading and it's, you know, taking it. No, hearing from God is when he's speaking to you through it. And there's a dynamic involved that's the Spirit of God at work in it and God bringing it to life for you. You need to hear from God. And you can't hear from God where there's sin blocking between you and Him. It's, it's impossible for uh, you to do it. Secondly, though, <clears throat> you need to, first thing is you need to deal with sin. Secondly, you need to receive the Word. Look at the second part of that verse there. And receive with meekness the engrafted Word which is able to save your souls. Now you think, receive with meekness? Uh, receive with gentleness? Receive without a fight the Word of God? Well, well, why would we fight against the Word of God? That's a good question. But we do, don't we? We fight against the Word of God. Now, we try and make out that it's not the Word of God that we're fighting against, right? We're fighting against the preacher. We're fighting against the authority. Uh, we're fighting against something that's ridiculous in our day and age. But really, we fight against the Word of God. We're supposed to receive it with meekness. We're supposed to receive it with a, with a willing spirit, taking it on board. <clears throat> you see, it's not the preacher or the church. It's easy, it's easy to blame them. I got a bunch of people now uh, that, that blame me. And the reality is, what's wrong for them is they sin in their lives that they're not willing to, uh, to deal with. And it's very convenient for them to put it off on me. But you know what they'll do? Eventually, they'll put it off on the next person too. Because the issue is between them and God. And ultimately, when the Word of God says it, don't fight it. Do it. Now, sometimes people fight against it because it's not my way. Now, I realize we live in a particular culture. 
Right? That, that's reality. We live in a particular culture, though, that is gone way away from where God wants us to be. Now, we live in this culture, and this culture has an impact and an effect upon us, and we tend to get drawn to the things our culture do. We tend to get drawn to the things that our culture would want us to do and would press us to do. And sometimes we can look at the Word of God where it says, clearly, don't do this, and the culture says it's okay. And what happens is we start doing a double take. No, the Bible says don't, and the culture says yes, and so I'm going back and forth between the two, and, and people end up doing what the culture says. Now, into that, what you'll have is, you'll have in our day and age, you'll have a bunch of Christians out there who will actually go with the culture. And you know what? When somebody goes with the culture like that, they don't do it kind of quietly and say, you know what, well, that's what I'm doing. You shouldn't do it. Uh, It's not right. What they do is they try and make it right. So they try and draw you. So if you hear from the culture and you hear from other Christians, but you don't hear from God, you're going to end up in the wrong way. Always. Now, if you're here from God, you're going to end up at odds with a lot of people. You know, so it's, it's no good for you to say, well, look, that's not the way I do it. That's not the way we do it here. No, listen, if God says it, that's the way. There's, there's no questioning it. There's no turning it over. And that's essential that you actually come to that place in your life where, in, in a sense, you, know, you, you receive with meekness, you bow to the word of God. Lord, if you're saying it, then I'm doing it. I'm not setting up my culture against what the word of God. I'm going to do what the word of God says for me to do. And we need to do that in our lives, in every area of our lives. We need to sacrifice our way for his way. We need to sacrifice our way, our culture, for what he says to do. Some will say to you, listen, it's too hard. In this day and age, what you're asking is too much. It's too hard. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you a bit, a bit more about that before we close, before we finish the message. Uh, and so, but, you know, it doesn't matter how hard it is. It doesn't matter if it seems impossible. It doesn't matter. If that's what God wants, then you've got to bow your heart and say, okay, Lord, that's what I'm going to do. You see, you want the blessing. You want the success. But there are things that stand between you and the success sometimes. And they're very obvious things, but you know what? After all, we don't see them. You know, listen, if it's hard, do it anyway. What you're going to find is you're going to find that when you do it, and it appeared hard before you actually did it. What you're going to find is it was not half as hard as you thought it was going to be. Because the Spirit of God's involved in it. But when something is hard, you need to do it. Probably the major reason, though, for us <clears throat> fighting with the Word of God is what we do is we're proud. I've got my way. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. Nobody's, and, and, and you know, you will have people in your life that are being used of God to help you and to, to guide you, and you fight against them. I mean, isn't it ridiculous how kids fight against their parents? You know, of all the people on the planet, you have two people that are most interested in a kid. Their blood is in this kid. Right? And they are most interested in this kid. And who will the kid fight against? He will fight against his parents. And, and there's, there's that pride. They're not going to make me do what they want me to do. And what happens to a child in that case is, you know what? They miss all the good that would be for them. We do the same thing. We look at the Word of God and we fight against the Word of God and we miss all the good God has for us in it. 
Listen, you need to hear from God. And when you hear from God, you need to receive it with meekness. You don't need to fight with God. I mean, will God really continue to let you hear from him? Every time you hear from him, you say, well, I'm not doing that. That's ridiculous. That's not going to happen. You to present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, that is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may know what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. But do you understand? You're not going to know unless you surrender. You're not going to hear unless you surrender. And in a sense, what God says to you is, I'm going to tell you what to do. But before I tell you, I want you to surrender to do it. And you and I want to say, oh, no, 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 no. You, you tell me, and I'll see if I agree. God says, no. I'm right. I want you to surrender before I tell you, and I'm going to show you what I want you to do. And that's always the way it works. God wants you to come to the Word with a meekness, with a, a quietness. He wants you to receive His Word uh, with an open heart. Lord, whatever you have for me couldn't be bad, could it? If God asks you to do something, could it be bad for you? Might be tough. Might cost you. But could it be bad for you? No. It's always going to be good for you. God wants you to come to Him uh, with that open heart that says, Lord, Listen, whatever, whatever you want. I still, still, still have Pastor Flanders uh, ringing in my ears. Whatever, whatever. <clears throat> right? You know, whatever you want, Lord. That's, listen, that's what I want. Whatever, whatever you tell me to do, that's what I'm going to do. And if we would develop that kind of a heart, then when, we come to, when you're reading the Word and God says something to you, you know what? The battle's won. There isn't a fight on your hands now. Because you're waiting to hear from God, and when God shows you, you're doing it. You're saying, yes, Lord, and doing it. We're supposed to receive with meekness. So first of all, deal with sin. And then secondly, receive the word uh, with meekness. And then number three, do it. Look what the verse says. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Now, how does that work? How does it work, you know, uh, if if you're going to be a uh, hear the word, but you don't do it? Then you get deceived. You deceive your own self. Here's what you do. You tell yourself, oh, everything's good between me and God. Everything's fine. What do you mean? Well, there's nothing wrong between me and God. Well, okay, let me, let me, let me ask you a question. It's kind of a pointing, a leading question in your life, and a leading question in my life too, right? Pastor Fernandez was here a few weeks ago, about three weeks ago. Many people made decisions, right? Now, the reason you made decisions was because the Spirit of God spoke to you. That that was very. The the Spirit of God was moving in those meetings, and He spoke to you. Now, let me ask you: Did you do what you said you would do? Did you do what you actually agreed to do? Did you actually follow through on it? You see, it's not being a hearer only, but a doer. Now, what happens is when we hear and we don't do, we get deceived. We think everything's fine between me and God. You know, there's no problem. We're fooling ourselves. If you're not doing what God told you to do, what you, what you recognize that God told you to do, you end up deceived. You end up fooling yourself. You know, it's important that you actually follow through and do it. Uh, you know, first off, if you don't do what God tells you to do, you're a fool. That's biblical. Matthew chapter 7. Right? We just talked about it. Okay? Isn't that reasonable? Now, by the way, 
That's a huge reason why we live foolish lives. Simple, because we don't do what God tells us to do. I'm absolutely convinced that in a room like this, right, there's nobody who doesn't know enough scripture to succeed. Absolutely no. In fact, you know what? Uh, We have a glut of scripture in our hearts. What we don't have, though, is we don't have a glut of obedience to the scripture that we know. And we'll know the scripture and we'll say, yeah, that's fine, that's fine, that's great, that's wonderful. I should do that. And we never get around to doing it. And Pastor Flanders is just kind of an interesting time span for you to look at. How many times have you heard from God and not actually applied what he told you to do? You know what that means? That means you're not right with God. Then you say, well, hang on a minute. God hasn't sent a lightning bolt to kill me. He never said he would. But if you don't do what he tells you to do, then you're not right with God. I mean, <clears throat> if you read something in your devotions yesterday and the Spirit of God spoke to you and said for you to do it, and you said, okay, yeah, that, I should do that. But you didn't do it. And you plowed on through the day. You get deceived into thinking everything's okay between you and God when it's not. It's not. You need to do what God tells you to do. Now, understand this. The, the doing of it will always seem terribly hard before you do it. But once you do it, what you're going to find is there's blessing. There's enabling. There's that sweetness with God that makes life work. But do what God tells you to do. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Be a people that actually do what God tells you to do. You see, here's the thing. We think we'll grow in Bible knowledge, right? If you could just get you off to Bible college and get you to know this book inside out and get you to know the chapter content and everything else, we think we'll all grow. But that's not what happens. I think we'll grow. Well, if I'm in church for 20 years, I'm in every service, and I hear every sermon the pastor preaches and all the special speakers and everything else, well, I'll have to grow. Well, you could grow in knowledge. But you wouldn't grow in wisdom unless you did what you were hearing. You wouldn't grow closer to God. You wouldn't grow in your understanding of God unless you actually did what it is that the Word was telling you to do. You see, it's the application of it that we fall down on. We're a, we're a generation that's addicted to inflow of information. But we're not addicted to the outflow of doing with what we hear. And that's what makes us wise. That's what impacts our lives. That's what changes us. When we begin to... And by the way... <clears throat> The Christian life lived walking with God is very attractive to people outside. It really is. A Christian life that's a Christian life in name, but obviously is falling apart on the outside, that's not attractive to lost people. They're not dumb. They will look at your life and they will say, okay, all right, so you say this is the way, and he's the way, the way, the truth, and the life, and, oh, and you're following the way, the truth, and the life. Well, show me in your life. And, and this does not preclude trials. You will have trials anyway. But there will be an attractiveness about your life because you're doing what God tells you to do. You're supposed to be a doer of the word, uh, not just a hearer. <clears throat> right? And then <clears throat> he gives us this wonderful passage. Let, 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 let's read all the verses again. right? Uh, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, 
but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed uh, in his deed. Right? Sorry, I missed those verses there. For if any man be a hearer of the word, not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. Uh, you, you get up in the morning, right? <clears throat> and you got a bed head on you, right? Your, head's all, your hair's all over the place because you had a good night's sleep and you're, and you're, all, you're all over the place. And, you know, you, you look a state, right? <clears throat> and it's only love that can overcome the fact that you look a state. But what you do is before you face the rest of us, uh, you look in the mirror. And after your initial shock at how bad you look, you start doing something about it and getting yourself ready for the day, right? So you brush your hair, you make yourself look a bit better, you shave if you're a guy, you put on the makeup if you're a, uh, a lady, and you, and you get yourself looking right for the day, and you get out. And that's the purpose of looking in the mirror. Now, if you look in the mirror in the morning and say, that's good enough, and walk out, there's no point. Don't bother. Right? And it's so easy that what, you, what happens is you forget. And listen, that's foolishness. Right? Um, well, when you look in the mirror, you're supposed to do something about it. When you look in the Word of God, you're supposed to do something about it. When God reveals to you and says, Hey, Dave, this I don't like. This is not something I want in your life. Deal with it, Dave. And I say, Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. And I just plant them today. And God says, Dave, you didn't deal with that. Oh, yeah, 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 I'm getting, I'm getting around to it. And I keep putting it off, but I never actually deal with it. You know what happens? I become deceived. God did not show it to me for me to get some more information. God showed it to me so that I could actually deal with it. That's where we miss it with the Word of God. When I take the Word of God and I look at the Word of God and I actually do it, <clears throat> then what happens is my life gets changed and I begin to grow. And I begin to move ahead. And I begin to know success in my life. And I, I think I can honestly say this to you. Every area where I'm not successful in my life is an area that's affected by my failure to apply the Word of God. You say, hey, that's a bit simplistic, Pastor. No, it's not. That's the truth. Every area... <clears throat> Where I don't know success in my life is an area that's been affected by something of the word that I know I should be doing, or I knew I should be doing and I'm not doing. And the same is true for you. And the only antidote is for you to actually take the word of God and do it. Apply it. You know, to receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. Take it on board. Do what God says. Stop fighting him on it. Take it on board. Stop, stop looking at your own life and doing it. See, there's an easy way and there's a hard way. <clears throat> right? <clears throat> there's, and, and in the beginning for us, the easy way looks easy and the hard way looks hard, doesn't it? That's the way. It, when God shows you something in the Word, what happens is you look at the, what's in the Word and, and it looks hard. And so you take the easy way. But you know what you find when you take the easy way? It wasn't the easy way at all. The easy way was actually the hard way. And you know what you find when you take the hard way? It was actually the easy way. That's always the way it is with the Word of God, by the way. Always the way it is. If I will obey the Word of God, you know what? I never obey the Word of God and say, oh, that sucks. I mean, I mean that's just caused so much trouble in my life. I'm just sorry I ever... I never, I've never done that. Every time I take the Word and obey the Word in my life, you know what? This is good. This works. This helps. See, God gave us commandments. <clears throat> and he gave us commandments that we're supposed to obey. 
or so. And <clears throat> what happens with these commandments, though, is, you know, we don't obey them sometimes. And just, just think through them for me with a minute, for a, for a moment. And the Bible says it should honor your mother and your father, that it may be well with you, and that the days that you live in the land may be long. Right? Now, so what happens? That looks like a burden, doesn't it? I mean, I can't do what I like. I've got to honor my parents and do whatever they want, and I'm not free because I've got to do whatever they want. Well, yeah. But what happens when you do it? It's freedom, isn't it? It goes well with you. Life goes well. You say, but I thought, I thought the commandment was actually a restriction in my life. No, it wasn't. God's restrictions always lead to freedom. What about, the Bible says, uh, you have to bear fault witness, false witness, don't lie. You say, well, that's ridiculous. That makes my life so hard. There's no way I could do that. And so you continue on lying. What happens there? Well, what happens there is that life begins to trip you up. What seems easy is actually hard. That's always the way. Right? What about the shot not steal? You have to steal. And you say, well, that, that's ridiculous. I mean, this, in, the, in, in this 21st century, I'd never get enough uh, of what I need from my employer or from whoever else if I didn't steal, or from the tax man or whoever it is, if I didn't actually steal someone uh, and make it happen for me. Okay. So what happens when you steal? Catches up with you, doesn't it? You see, it seems easy, but it's not easy. It's hard. Doing things God's way is always the easiest way. The Bible says, thou shalt not commit adultery. And you say, well, you know what, that's, that's just ridiculous in this day and age. This is, you know, everything's moved on. This is the 21st century, you know, and you, you can't live like that now. That, that, that may have been fine uh, and easy in the Bible times, but it's not possible now. So you live an adulterous lifestyle. What do you find? You find life gets grim. And life gets hard. So what do you say? Okay, well, hang on a minute. This God says, I'm supposed to be married to one person for life, and I'm supposed to do that, and, and that's supposed to be a matter. And you do that, you find life works. You see, here's the thing. There's an easy way and a hard way in life. But the easy way is not the easy way, and the hard way is not the hard way. In fact, it's the other way around. You're the easy way. The easy way is doing what God says. The easy way is doing what God is telling you to do. Just taking the Word of God and applying it. Receiving with meekness the engrafted Word. Waking up in the morning, looking at the Word of God and saying, okay, Lord, there's something in here I'm supposed to do. Lord, you just show me it. I'm going to do it. Right? That, that would be you receiving with meekness the engrafted Word. And then wisdom, would you be uh, coming to the place, okay, Lord, so you've shown me something I need to do, and then you do it. That would be wisdom. And you would be growing in wisdom. You would be growing in your understanding. And here's what you would find in your life. You would find your life being successful. Not perfect. Not without trials. But you would find it being successful. You would look at your life and you would say, you know what, this works. Because it always works. It always works. Now here's the challenge to you this morning, right? <clears throat> What area do you know God wants you to do something, but you haven't done it? You know God wants you to do it, but you haven't done it. In fact, until I brought it up, you were quite happy about the fact that you hadn't done it. 
What happened was, you know, you, you made a decision and you made a decision at a time when it seemed like the best thing in the world because God was speaking to you. And then God wasn't speaking so clearly anymore, so you kind of put it in the back burner and now the Spirit of God all of a sudden has brought it back up again. Now you've got a choice. You can choose the easy way or the hard way. What appears like the easy way would be, listen, I wish that pastor would just shut up and we could get on with the fellowship and have fun here this morning and I could put all that stuff aside. That's what the easy way appears to be. And you can do it. Some of you probably will. Some of you will probably by lunchtime have forgotten what I said, even though the Spirit of God is speaking to you now. But you know what? You're going to find that it's not the easy way, it's the hard way. That it's a block between you and God and that it gets in your way and it hinders you. Or you could say to the Spirit of God this morning, forgive me. I said I would do it and I didn't do it, but I'm telling you what, today I'm going to do it. Today I'm going to actually do it. I'm going to get involved and I'm going to do it. And you know what you, that looks like the hard way, but you know what you're going to find? It's the easy way. Because the hard way is the easy way with God and the easy way is actually the hard way. The only way is to obey him. Just do what he tells you to do. You say, I'm terrified. I've never obeyed anybody in my life. Okay, well, listen. <clears throat> I am happy this morning to introduce to somebody that you can obey fully. And he will never get it wrong. And he will never ignore you or take advantage of you. He will always do what's right in your life. Obey him. All right? <clears throat> so if there's something between you and God that you told God you would do and you haven't done it, I want you to make a commitment right now in your heart to actually do it and then do it before the day is out. Right? If you need to get saved this morning right, and you know what you need to do, then listen, do it today. Get saved. And if you don't know what you do, come to me. I will gladly sit down and take the Word of God and show you, how you what you need to do to get saved. But here's the reality. We will be successful. We will be wise in as much as we obey the Word of God. Let's take it on board and let's obey it. Let's stand for prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for this people. And we thank you, Lord, for your word. And we thank you, Lord, for the blessings that everybody in this room has seen in the areas where they've obeyed you. And now, Lord, you're speaking to hearts. And there are some that would have to say, I didn't obey, but I'm going to obey. With every head bowed and every eye closed, would you just raise a hand saying, that's me. I didn't obey, but I'm going to obey. Just lift your hand. Amen. Amen. There's something God told me to do, and I didn't do it, but I'm going to do it. Amen. Don't, don't let the moment pass. If God is speaking to you, say yes and follow through. Do it. One other question. You're here this morning and you don't know Christ is your Savior, but you'd like someone to take the Word of God and show you. Would you just lift your hand? Nobody's going to put pressure on you, uh, but, but it will be good for you to know how you can know for sure. You're not here. You're here this morning and you don't know for sure you're saved. Would you lift your hand so I can pray for you? Now, Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for the blessing your word is to us. Oh, Lord, may we be a people of the book. 
May we be a people who follow you and walk with you and understand you and understand your will and your way. May we be a people that choose your way and find it easy because you're blessing. And Lord, may we be the blessed people your word talks about. In Jesus' precious name, amen.